Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life. My ethos is sustainability and my aim is to leave you better than I found you. I am a complete foodie, lover of all animals, recovering perfectionist, with a passion to help many achieve a life of health and well-being. I hope you take a lot from this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. I hope everybody's having a great day and getting ready for the festivities. Now today is a bonus episode. This is a webinar in which I did for my clients around navigating a mindful and balanced Christmas. I hope you take a lot from this and if you have any questions at all or details on my coaching are linked below. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to your Christmas webinar. This is a webinar that is designed to help you embrace Christmas, enjoy Christmas, be mindful and have that balance that we all need. Christmas is a very, very special time for so many people. It's a time for enjoyment, it's a time for fun, it's a time for making memories and it's certainly not a time to be counting macros. Yet we see massively in society, there's like two ends of the spectrum, isn't it? It's like YOLO over Christmas and start again in January or completely restrict because you don't want to undo any of your hard work. And I've been at both ends of the spectrum. And let me tell you guys, I wouldn't want them for either because whilst it has obviously impacts on your physical well-being, it also really is damaging for your psychological well-being and it disconnects us from our own values and what health looks like to us on a subjective level. So I hope this webinar is gonna just give you a little bit of insight in how you can manage and navigate Christmas in a way that works for you. So I'm gonna cover things like boundaries, um, language around nutrition and how to navigate that, how to um, incorporate activities and health like pre and post Christmas, what to do on Christmas, and hopefully, like I said, you will take a lot from it. So let's go, let's go. So firstly, I would ask you to do a little bit of reflection. So what does Christmas mean to you? Like Christmas to, it's again subjective, isn't it? Like it can mean something different for each and every every single person. And for me, like when I think of Christmas, I think of celebrations, family, love, Christmas markets, um, tasty food, like really enjoyable food, party games, memories, winter walks. I am all for a winter walk, you know, wrapping up, cozy nights, big blankets, oversized jumpers, which I forgot to put on here, but I am all about those. Um, smiles, joy, Mariah Carey, like she, well, she came to my mind when I put this, <laughs> Home Alone and of course the holiday. And when I think of Christmas, I don't think of any more tracking calories. Like I said, I once did that and I hugely regret it. Restriction, over-exercise, punishment, guilt, shame, failure, overeating or falling off track. Now, let me just reiterate again, I have once thought all of this. And what we see too often with diet culture is a very narrow-minded approach to your health. In the health is portrayed as being just about your nutrition and just about your exercise. And actually your health is multidimensional. 
It comprises of many, many elements. Social well-being, psychological flexibility, spirituality, as in like gratitude, mindfulness. Of course, nutrition and exercise do play a part in that. Body image and aesthetics, um, relationships, work. It is mag- It's huge, like so dimensional. And all of these pieces of the puzzle, in essence, will drive your actions and your behaviours towards your nutrition and your exercise. Like if your relationship's not going very well or if you're isolating yourself socially you're probably not gonna engage in nutrition and exercise. All of them link together. And when you just hold nutrition and exercise as being like the pillars of success in terms of your health, you lose the ability to recognize all of these other areas that are gonna be impacted if you're just solely focusing on those because the hyper-focus on these and the perception that you're trying, the perception of control that you're getting from just focusing on these, therefore means that the other areas of your health are not optimal. So you'll find that you're not living in alignment with your values and you won't be living in alignment with your health value, especially, and that's when you can find yourself like yo-yoing And that's when you can find yourself with all of these unwanted thoughts around like restriction over exercising because you perhaps feel like a failure, perhaps feel guilty, you perhaps feel a little bit ashamed because perhaps you did overeat a little bit and that because nutrition and exercise are only two things of your health, you're unable to see like all of these other things. And and, and as, as, as an example, like going out and ordering a burger could be healthy for you and then on Sunday, like the day after, getting up and having breakfast and having like a, a protein porridge could also be a healthful choice for you because the burger was part of your connection. It was part of your memories. It was part of your enjoyment. It was um, spontaneity and going out and you were very present in that. Yet if we can't come away from the nutrition and the exercises only being our, our markers of success, we find ourselves with all of these unsolicited thoughts and unwanted narratives psychologically, which are so damaging. And then we find ourselves very preoccupied by food and beginning to resent things like Christmas, fear things like Christmas, but then also disengage with things that we can do around times like Christmas that are gonna benefit you, that are gonna incorporate like more balanced nutrition and healthful activities. Now, I once did think this, 100%, and I found myself in a um, chocolate hangover one year. So one year I was like, as an, I, valued my aesthetics for many years because that was what I was led to believe through self-objectification and body image world that we live in in society. I was taught to see myself as many females are through a tinted lens in that women should look a certain way, women should do a certain thing to be accepted um, by the male counterpart, patriarchy. I was objectifying myself and I valued my body image. My body image took up the vast majority of my thoughts throughout the day and my exercise and my nutrition was, I was trying to control it because I valued my body image. I didn't value things like spirituality. I didn't value things like socialising. I would isolate myself from socialising because I solely cared about my my body image. Now, this came off the back end of trauma from carrying um, a larger body and going through yo-yo dieting, going through over-restriction because diet culture plays into that self-objectification world. It heightens our negative perception of our body image through profit uh, marketing on our vulnerabilities. It's, it's, that's what it's there to do. 
So then it draws you in. But then it draws you in and it catches you and you're in this revolving circle. Like I'm restricting because my body image is the only thing I care about and my scale weight is the main focus of my day. But actually I'm not going out socialising. I'm not connecting with my friends and my family and connection is one of the basic needs of humans. So I find myself in this massive psychological battle over restriction, over consuming, caring solely about my body image, um, playing into self-objectification and Unfortunately, it disengaged me with so many healthful activities in that multidimensional puzzle. That's one of the massive reasons that I am so passionate about what I do, because I want everybody to live in alignment with their own values, but actually find peace with nutrition, peace with their bodies, acceptance. And part of like the body image positivity is not loving yourself. Like I don't love myself, but it's being able to accept yourself and being able to work with yourself and embracing things like body image flexibility. The reason I talk about that is because your body image is going to change over Christmas because you're probably going to retain a little bit of water. But sat there and talking to yourself like a sack of shit because you perhaps ate a little bit more on one day is not going to be beneficial for you long term. And that's where you can find yourself hyper focusing on your body image and then striving to control it with all of these things that are not going to benefit you. So just taking a step back now and reframing, like asking yourself, what does Christmas mean to you? What do you want for Christmas? Like Mariah Carey, (laughs) you know? Um, And like, so Christmas comes around once a year. It is truly, truly a wonderful time of the year. Embrace the time you have with your family and be kind to yourself. Now, this was me, um, 2020, enjoying my new, uh, like, this was New Year. We go away at Christmas because I, whilst I, I like Christmas, I don't like the navigating of family dynamics around Christmas. So, hmm, yeah, I'm an avoidant. I avoid it. I clear off. <laughs> um, so this is me on New Year in 2020, enjoying my third plate. So, yeah. It was a little bit more, wasn't it? A little bit more than perhaps my body needed. But how many times do I go up to a buffet and eat three plates? Let me tell you, not very often. And like that's what that feeds nicely onto this, that overeating is not always bad. And many hold this belief that overeating is bad. And again, a misbelief that I once held. And I think, again, it's played into through diet culture, especially if you have a tract on my fitness pal, it would tell you to eat 1200 calories. <clears throat> if I put on my fitness pal now, I wanted to lose two pound a week, it would tell me to um, eat 1200 calories, but they would also tell me to eat about my calories. So it's a eat about my exercise calories. And that's such a damaging place to be because then you utilize exercise against nutrition and exercise becomes a weapon to give yourself permission to eat more. And again, when we're looking at overeating with the diet culture and the mixed messaging, the very narrow minded approach and the portrayal of perfection, it leads people into this all or nothing approach. It leads people down the false dichotomy in that if you're not doing what you are told to do, this is the big issue, then you're a failure. Then you've gone off track. And if you've overeaten, you need to explain why you've done that. Why have you done that? You're a failure. You should feel guilty. No, 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 no. Where is the health balance in that? Where is the flexibility? Where is the food neutrality? Where is the freedom? All that is doing is heightening this psychological noise and this battle we have with what we feel we should be doing. And instead, it's looking at what you can do. And actually, in the when you're looking at what you can do, say on Christmas, say you're having a Christmas dinner and you're giving yourself autonomy on your choices, 
and you're recognizing that not all overeating is bad and that you can indulge and you're giving yourself permission to do so, not only do you reduce the psychological noise that you have, but you lessen the impact of potential overeating because you don't spiral through these unwanted and these unsolicited thoughts about falling off track, about overeating. Instead, you embrace it. And when you embrace it, you embrace the other areas of health and what Christmas actually means to you. So watching your children open their presents, you know, that inner people pleaser within you, absolutely buzzed that you nailed all the presents this year. And you're like, yeah, I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, let her take to the floor. Let him take to the floor. Um, Like spending time with your loved ones, going for a winter walk with your dog, having a little bit of downtime, unless you're cooking, then maybe not. But delegate the washing up (laughs) um and when you're giving yourself permission to do so you actually find that you don't overeat as much as potentially like battling with yourself and this was a battle in which I had as well for many years and a battle in which a lot of my clients have had as well and the one year in particular I was hyper focused on my body image and I thought overeating was bad and that if I overeat and we have this this like um, limiting belief within ourselves as well, don't we? Especially if you've been through a lot of methods dieting and you have been exposed to a lot of like over restriction in terms of methods that have taken away and been an exclusive diet and perhaps been dictated to you. There are these limiting beliefs in that the minute I give myself permission to do so, I'm gonna spiral. So if I control it and I hyper-focus on it, that's the only way I can be successful. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you're telling yourself, if I eat that, I'm going to overeat. Shockingly, you probably will. But if you say to yourself, I want a mince pie, I can have a mince pie, it's Christmas, I'm going to enjoy this, I'm going to be present, I'm going to be mindful, I'm going to slow my eating down, I'm going to remove distraction, I'll observe my thoughts and feelings before I eat it where possible. And then you actually recognise that you don't need to eat all six mince pies because you said to yourself, you're allowed a mince pie. You tell your children not to do something, guarantee they do it. You tell, like, if you've told told me not to do something, somebody says to me, you can't do that, I'm like, why? Why? Like, because there's no real explanation behind why you can't eat a mince pie or why you can't eat a little bit more for one, two, three days of the year. Because let's be honest, like, Christmas doesn't last throughout December, does it? And when you're looking at like the magnitude of social events, um, work parties, we can collectively say it's around about seven days of the year, which accounts for like 21 meals. So that includes like Christmas markets, that includes like work events, uh, meeting your girlfriends, pantos, Christmas day, 21 meals, potentially you're meant to, you'll be having out this, this month, which is like 25% of the month. So you've still got 75% around that to be as consistent as you can be. And you can guarantee on those 25, that 25%, you won't overeat all of the time. So reframing again, and understanding that indulgence is not bad, especially when you consider everything else that Christmas means to you. And like it says here, many can, however, fall into an overindulgence through unnecessarily trying to control and restrict foods, which in essence ends in eating more than you would have done. And that's what I did. I thought overeating was bad. So one year I came home from working a shift at a pub when I was, I was younger and I tried to have turkey, kale, broccoli and I think it was green beans for my Christmas dinner. I did allow myself a little bit of cranberry sauce though, no gravy. And 
I don't even like kale. I don't even like it. So I was trying to control it because I hyper-focused on my body image and I cared solely about that. Then I found myself eating a full tub of quality streets and putting myself in a chocolate hangover and felt horrendous. My heart was raising. I had like heart palpitations. It was absolutely traumatic. But I told myself I couldn't enjoy a Christmas dinner. And the minute you accept that you will overeat and that it's not going to correlate to fat gain because you're not going to go and eat like an absolute arsehole over December because throughout this you will incorporate balance and flexibility and food freedom then you can come away from it with more compassion and more empathy towards yourself and understand that you are more than just your body image and that you don't have to fit a mold and that you will feel watery for a couple of days but that's not your sole um, purpose of, like, that's not your sole, yeah, purpose of existence on this life. Like, you are more than your body image. And my friends, my favourite people in the world, you will overeat at Christmas and you can indulge and you cannot feel guilty about it. And that is a promise to you. From me to you, I promise you that. And here's how you do it. So... You give yourself that permission to eat the foods that you enjoy, that you want. You have autonomy in your choices. Food is not just fuel. It is fun, it is memories, it's enjoyment, and it's even comfort. It just shouldn't be our only source of comfort. And the difficult, the difference is, when you follow a flexible, flexible diet, inclusive diet, it's, the, it's this. The big element that you've never had before autonomy I will never ever dictate to my clients what to eat I will never tell my clients what to eat because you have freedom of choice and when you have freedom of choice you lean into the foods that you enjoy but you have the knowledge of nourishing your soul so you're working on your um, non-negotiables throughout December eating at least five fruit and vegetables a day which shockingly we can all do at Christmas as well even more so because you'll probably have a Christmas dinner you'll probably have some grapes with your cheese even if you have pancakes for breakfast you'll probably have some strawberries and blueberries if you have a glass of box fizz you might have a slice of orange in it there are so many things that we can be doing but you have the knowledge of how to nourish your soul and you have the confidence then to choose foods that you enjoy knowing that you can be moderate with them and that's the most important part. And like I said here, food is not just fuel. It is also fun, memories, enjoyment and comfort. Like, it's still my source of comfort. It's just not my only source of comfort. Um, so mindful behaviours with nutrition. Mindful behaviours with nutrition are huge and great with building a healthful, lasting journey. And I actually did a full podcast on mindful behaviours with nutrition. And they're just, they haven't been spoken enough about in society and Instead, all we do is focus on like numbers in terms of um, nutrition, like we eat sins, we eat calories, we eat points, we eat macros. But again, where's the value held in food? It's a very narrow-minded approach. Do you forever want to be going around Tesco counting sins? And I'll never ever forget one year. I'm just going to go into another story because I goddamn love a story. That year that I just showed you that I was um, enjoying my third plate at the buffet, we got talking to a really lovely couple, a really wonderful couple, actually. <clears throat> and the lady was perimenopause 
and she was following a Slimming World diet. And one morning at the buffet, she looked really, 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 really anxious, really, really overwhelmed. And um, she came over and, and I asked her how she was feeling, if, it was, if everything was okay. And she was feeling anxious and overwhelmed. She was because there was no potatoes and beans on the breakfast buffet. Um, and she was following Slimming World and these were zero sins and she was saving all of her sins for our um, cocktails that day. And she then avoided the buffet in the morning and she felt so uncertain about her nutrition. And for me, there's no balance there. There's no flexibility. The impact I was seeing with her, with her like psychological relationship with food and herself and saving sins for cocktails as if she wasn't giving herself permission to eat breakfast in the morning. But actually, if you look at it in terms of like mindfulness, having breakfast in the morning, if you are having some alcohol, is a kind approach to your body. It helps the body metabolize the alcohol, but it's also a way of fueling your body, helping with cognition, decision-making. It is a compassionate approach and mindful behaviors are allowing you, they give you the opportunity to observe how you're feeling and they help reduce the perhaps psychological battle that we have. So in that instance, like if we were implementing some mindful behaviors, it'd have been like, okay, how am I feeling? Feeling really overwhelmed, I'm feeling really anxious. Okay, why is that? Well, because there's no sins on here. Like there's no zero free sins um, on this um, buffet. Okay, why do I feel I need to eat zeros? like zero sin foods to give myself permission to eat okay well I'm drinking some alcohol later okay so why am I not allowing myself to eat actually I'm not really sure okay is this a very restricted approach is this an exclusive approach is this perhaps having a negative impact on my relationship with food bearing in mind I'm in the Maldives and I'm worrying about the buffet yes and when you start to dig a little bit deeper and you start to understand that actually it's never really a you problem it's always the method in which you've followed previously, which has held you back in a narrow-minded approach and hasn't allowed you to flourish and grow and build on mindfulness and build that connection back to yourself and that connection back to food to allow a holistic health approach that actually sustains your loss. Then you start to feel empowered by it. And any healthful journey should start with like the end result first, Whereas these diet cultures and these methods literally just have you count calories, have you count sins, have you count macros, and they don't they don't consider sustainability at all. Like if you're counting sins, or if you're counting macros or calories and you're going on holiday, is there any wonder you're getting the fuck it bucket and you're bringing it to the floor and you're falling balls deep into that? No, because actually you have no idea how to navigate your emotions. You have no idea how to incorporate non-negotiables. You have no recollection of the importance of exercise, sleep, hydration, um, psychological flexibility, going out socially, how to reduce preoccupation around food, food focus, the importance of protein, because they don't consider any of this. All they consider is you losing weight in an instant gratification kind of way. But honestly, folks, the most important thing we can take is mindfulness, self-compassion, kindness, and delayed gratification. So one of the biggest elements of mindful behaviors here, like I've said, is observing how you're feeling. 
And the reason, like I said, I'm touching on that, is to reduce that fuck it mentality and help you see that you can eat to a slight discomfort without then disengaging with actions. Like, you will feel a little bit full. Maybe you will eat too many chocolates. Go for seconds or a dessert. But you might not. It's your choice. Don't get sucked into the diet culture mentality. Take a pause and show some gratitude and appreciation for the moment you are in understanding what Christmas means to you. Like, when you're observing how you're feeling, you're giving yourself permission to eat. Like, I had a client um, just this week who, she said, she went to her family's and they had, like, a Christmas do, and um, she said, oh, I think I had about 20 chocolates. I'm like, okay. But there was no emotive emotion involved with that because sometimes we can dig a little bit too deep and be like, oh, my God, was that an emotional response? Actually, no. She was fully embracing the moment she was fully enjoying it and actually she's come back and said I don't regularly do that hardly ever do that and I actually enjoyed it for the moment and I was present I was anchored I was connecting with my family it felt great then the next morning you wake up because you give yourself permission to do it you're engaging with other helpful activities like that are more balanced so having breakfast moving your body staying hydrated these sort of things that are so 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 important um, so like this, Christmas is just one, two, maybe three days. It's not a month. Uh, no need to spiral. Inclusive diet. What can you add? Not remove. Stop dieting over the festive period. Yeah, if your goal is fat loss and well, we know with fat loss, there are some negative adaptations that are occurring with a negative energy balance, which is why folks, you should never diet for your whole life because adaptations do occur. So poor sleep, um, increasing cravings. Cravings are increased because in essence you're not eating to your neutral energy balance. You're not eating to fuel homeostasis. So your body gets to the point where um, it understands and it remembers that it's eating to a negative energy balance. So then you have um, an increased level of satiety, a decreased level of fullness. And fullness is controlled by our leptin hormone and leptin communicates back to the brain. When it communicates back to the brain, it's then looking to um, increase because it wants like fullness. Now, the only macronutrient that can get through the blood-brain barrier is a carbohydrate. Our environment dictates that we will seek out sugary dense foods. So you're not addicted to sugar. Your body is craving that through an unfulfilled met need. And that could be dieting because you've perhaps dieted for many, many weeks and some of the negative adaptations are now starting to occur. Um, like your libido can be affected, um, like training performance can be affected because in essence you're not fueling your body against homeostasis. Um, dieting is a stress on the body, so it does engage like your fight or flight mode and reduces your um, rest and digest. So with your body like remembering that you are dieting and like knowing that it is um, deprived of food it will start to retain glycogen so then progress will start to slip off and not only that as you become a smaller person you need less energy so you may need to reduce your intake a little bit more so but the way in which you can help yourself initially is spend some time at maintenance to reverse the negative adaptations to then go again and it's also a freaking great way of eating to maintenance because let me tell you Dieting is the easiest part. 
And we see this in the research, which is why you'll see like 95% of diets fail. No, 95% of shit diets fail and they fail because they don't look at maintenance. They don't look at how you're going to sustain your results. And eating to maintenance is really hard given that we live in an obesogenic environment where food is around everywhere. And if you're not looking at mindful behaviors in terms of like managing your emotions and being aware of how you're feeling, you'll really struggle to navigate maintenance because you'll forever be falling into this like emotional response in terms of overeating if overeating is your vice. So it's a great way to spend some time not dieting. So Christmas talk, AKA la boundaries. These are just a collection of ones that I have been exposed to. You, I hope you can't resonate with my experiences, but I am sure that some of you will. So should you be eating that? Christ, you're eating a lot. That's bad. You'll gain weight. Do you need any more? Jesus, you're eating more than me. Um, and you know what as well? Many of you have probably heard yourself say these things out loud. No shame at all if you have, because we're all human and I've done it as well. But the difficulty here is that actually these can be quite damaging psychologically. And I'm sure if you do resonate with this, you've perhaps found yourself with a lot of preoccupation around your behaviours and how actually it can disengage you again and you can then start questioning your actions. And I had it even this year in May when I went to America and somebody came up to me and was like, a waitress, Christ, how do you eat that much and stay so small? You're greedy. I was like, hmm, thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, so boundaries are really important. Um, setting boundaries is hard, very hard. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, hella guys, it's well easy. It's not. And you know what? The main reason it's so hard is because they are usually needed with the ones that we love the most. And sometimes that can be met with a lot of backlash. But the best way to set a boundary is to just be honest with them. And in the moment, it will feel really vulnerable. In the moment, it will feel really uncertain. And I get that. I appreciate that. I resonate with that. But it's the long-term gain that you get out of setting these boundaries. And when you expose yourself to that vulnerability and you meet it with courage, you recognise that you can do these things and that you can be successful in navigating your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself and that multi-dimensional puzzle of health. So here's a few things um, that I use and I still have to use now. But let me tell you, the more you do it, like anything, it gets a little bit easier. And I still have to do this with like my dad. And those of you who know me and uh, we've spoke about boundaries, like my dad is the biggest one that I have to set boundaries with. Still, now, still. <laughs> um, and I'm like 11 years post, um, like 11 years on. So this one, I understand you care, but commenting on my choices is not helping me right now. So you're acknowledging that they mean it from a place of love because they tend to but you're also setting that boundary in that it's not benefiting you. Another one, I'm setting a boundary around this, please do not involve me in this conversation. 
So I've used this quite frequently recently um, when I've seen and heard people talking about like body images on other people. Like I don't want to be involved in that conversation. Um, so just setting a boundary around that. And that, like I, they look at you a little bit like baffled, but actually they look at you like that because there's a little bit of shame perhaps on their side because they understand that they shouldn't be talking about that. And this is where like good and bad food comes in as well and perhaps talk in the office. Like they understand that there's perhaps no evidence behind that and it's about it's usually a bit of like internal shame because they're saying, oh, shouldn't be eating this, this is bad. Or they're questioning whether you should be eating it because it's bad. But actually when you're when you say I'm setting boundary around this, please don't involve me in this conversation, it's because perhaps they know deep down that their relationship with food is um it's not it's not great and they then try and portray that onto others and move the conversation away so start a new conversation like instead like i do this with my dad quite frequently and he knows now um so actually funnily they came over and i did cookie sandwiches and it was great and um just like gosh there's a lot there and then i'm like how's your day been <laughs> and you just navigate it like that and that's that's the best way um to sort of if you don't want to go balls deep in with the um I understand you care comment um but if you can just like navigate the conversation away the final one is remove yourself from the situation <laughs> so you I've put that at the bottom even though I'm an avid avoidant <laughs> um but yeah if you don't want to be exposed to it and you don't want to meet it at the minute with any amount of confrontation then just remove yourself but that confrontation remember is not a negative it's a positive and I love this quote boundaries are the distance in which I can love you and meet simultaneously and that's it like when you're setting boundaries, you're no longer resenting these people. You're no longer preoccupied by your thoughts or the negative um, association with perhaps what you feel you should or shouldn't be done. And actually the boundary allows you to live in alignment with your values and show up at your very best, which again is so important. So things to do around Christmas. This is just a collection of things that I've put together that will really benefit you. Remembering again that Christmas is around about 25% of your month. So keep active. Utilise your time to get outside and move. Nothing, however, excessive. And I just want to touch base on like calories burned on your watches. Um, if you're saying to yourself, oh my God, I ate 3,000 calories on Christmas Day, I need to go and burn 1,500 calories. Firstly, your watch is around about 40% inaccurate and you will never burn that many calories and exercise is the least beneficial way to burn calories. When you're looking at your total daily energy expenditure, you burn 65 to 70% of your calories resting, about 10 to 12% of your calories digesting food, about 15% of your calories going for a walk, and about 5% of the calories in the gym. So you can do endless amounts of burpees, but you're going to get nowhere, and it's actually going to have a negative impact on your relationship with exercise, and then have this cross-correlation to Christmas being bad. Go for a walk. Go for a winter's walk, wrap up warm, take your dog, take your children just move your body not only that gentle exercise like that helps manage your blood glucose and your insulin it helps with digestion stick with your normal eating pattern outside of christmas consuming the nutrient-dense food you eat daily set a realistic in in intention to say like five fruit and vegetables so five fruit and veg protein with every meal on the days outside of christmas Remember, choose your indulgences. Try to include protein with your meals. This will keep you satiated and present and prevent mindless snacking. 
Yep, we know that. Plays into the thermic effect of feeding, that 10 to 12% of digestion, and it reduces preoccupation, food focus, keeps you fuller for longer. Great. Stimulates muscle protein synthesis, helps prevent muscle protein breakdown. Awesome. Journal. Do some gratitude if you feel uncertain. Lean into that. It'll help and learn and understand uh, more to then grow. Stay hydrated. Like it makes, it's, it sounds simple, but make sure fluid is nice and high. Because when you're going out, you're likely going to eat more sodium. When you're eating more sodium, that is going to cause a little bit of water retention. Remembering you are 65 to 70% made of water. If you are then dehydrated, that's going to impact more water weight because your body will retain glycogen in terms of in, in the form of carbohydrates because one gram of carbohydrates has got three grams of water. Stay bloody hydrated. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Don't step on the scales. Don't try and validate your actions by stepping on the scales. Don't do that until you're feeling good. Any increase in weight will be water retention unless I said, like I said, you've ate like a complete and utter asshole over the course of December and had like, in essence, to gain body fat, to gain 0.5 to 1.5% body fat, like actual body fat, not water retention kiddos, body fat, you have to eat um, 40 to 70% above your maintenance calories for around four weeks. You can, however, gain a lot of water weight. And if you did like 10,000 calories over like four days, you would gain some body fat, but it would be very small. You would gain a hella lot of water, but please don't go and eat 10,000 calories because it's ridiculous. And when you see those 10,000 calories still on social media, I'm like, what are you portraying here? Why are you even trying to do that? It's ridiculous. And so unhealthy. So, it's not benefiting anybody, is it? So don't step on your scales until you're feeling good. Like until you've had a couple of weeks back at your normal eating routine, any fluctuations in water will come down. Don't punish yourself by restricting to extremes unless exercise to burn calories. Like I said, it's simply counterintuitive as you will burn out and your body will look for energy through higher consumption, i.e. you will overeat by new year. If you try and restrict straight away, like irrespective of how much you eat on Christmas day, you will overeat by the end of the week. Then you'll find yourself in a yo-yo diet. Look at what you can do. Drive less focus on your body composition. Enhance the body image. Flexibility mindset. God, Rebecca, if only you knew this in your 20s, right? <laughs> and on the amazing memories, you are making knowing that they are more than your body. God, Rebecca, if only. <laughs> I regularly say sorry to myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you know what though? This is how I reframe it to myself now did the best I could with the knowledge in which I had. Unfortunately, the knowledge was shit based around self-objectification, body image and diet culture. Let me tell you, friends, don't want that for you. That's why I'm here. And remember, food is food. It's simply a unit of energy. That's all it is. That is it. It's not something to feel guilty about. There's no good or bad food. There is no good or bad food. There is no one food in the research that causes anybody to gain weight. Not none. None. You can literally eat too many vegetables and gain weight because you'll be eating in an energy surplus. You'll be eating above your energy requirements. You can also eat McDonald's every day in an energy deficit and lose weight. Not something I would recommend because, again, a completely mindless approach to your health and well-being when considering the multidimensional puzzle. But I'm just saying that because that's fact. Memories over macros, base, embrace food freedom, body image flexibility, gratitude and appreciation. 
Christmas comes around once time, right, once a year, and it's going to come around for many, many, many years to come. Being able to navigate it in a way that works for you, where you have your own, um, where you give yourself permission to eat, where you've got your boundaries, where you feel confident in yourself, where you embrace this body image flexibility, knowing that you will feel a little bit watery and that that's okay. And if you're having a body image, a bad body image day, don't go and put on your slimmest pair of jeans and your tightest top. Like your clothes should fit you. You shouldn't fit your clothes. So boxing day, chuck on your sweatpants, chuck on your baggy jumper. Like if, if you should be feeling comfortable and you'll heighten this negative body image um, like perception if you're then squeezing into clothes. It's not going to benefit you. And like I'm taking a few swimsuits away because I'm going away this Christmas and yeah, I'll eat a little bit more. But I'm not going to try and force myself into a small bikini because I'll feel uncomfortable. That's a ridiculous thing to do, isn't it? Oh, Rebecca, if only you knew that in your 20s. <laughs> so I hope anyway you have found this um, useful and there is just a little message here from me. Please do reach out with any questions at all and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you.